investing in a real estate fund with a self-directed IRA. Tax tips. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's show, I'm going to be talking about if you are looking to do a real estate investment fund investment with your self-directed IRA, here are some very, very important tax tips that you need to consider for engaging in the transaction. So um, let me just set an agenda for today's show. First, we'll just briefly talk about what is a real estate investment fund. Then I'm going to go through some of the important tax tips to remember uh, when thinking about investing in a real estate fund using a self-directed IRA. And here is a hint. The two major tips are prohibited transactions and unrelated business income tax rules. Uh, also briefly touch upon plan asset rules, um, but mostly just focus on uh, prohibited transactions and unrelated business income tax. So what's a real estate investment fund? Well, it's essentially a fund. So a fund is generally an LLC or partnership that aggregates investors' money. So it takes money from different folks. Uh, sometimes they're credit credit investors. Actually, in, in most cases, there's Reg A's, Reg D's, and those require uh, credit investors. Those are folks that make over $300,000 married file jointly, around a million dollars in net worth, excluding a home. Uh, so more sophisticated investors, although there are opportunities to do friends and family or smaller types of deals if you're not an accredited investor uh, in the real estate world. So now we know what an investment fund is. It, it aggregates investors' funds, groups them together, and then the real estate setting goes out and buys you know, real estate, whether it's doing residential, commercial, notes, flips, depends on the actual fund, right? It could have different strategies within the fund, or it could have a specific strategy depending on the type of fund. So as I mentioned, there's individual investors that are accredited or non-accredited. And of course, there's also retirement accounts like IRAs and pension plans. Why? Because there's $32 trillion of retirement funds out there. So there's a very, very big piece of the pie, and it's very important for investment funds to try to capture that money. There's approximately 13 trillion of IRA funds, and then the rest mix in with 401k, defined benefit, and uh, pension plan. So big chunk of money available. So now we know, again, what's a real estate investment fund. We talked about a credit investor. Now let's briefly talk about the prohibitive transaction rules. Under the Internal Revenue Code, Section 4975, you essentially cannot do the following with an IRA. You must, and let me rephrase this, the easier way to think about this is you're not allowed to do anything with a retirement account that in any way directly or indirectly personally benefits you as the IRA owner, your lineal descendants, parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities 50% or more controlled by such persons. Taking a step further, a good way of thinking about the prohibited transaction rules is you must do an IRA investment that 100% exclusively benefits the IRA. Okay, so you can't do an investment that in some way indirectly benefits you. Like, hey, I'm going to invest in my my son's fund um, because he needs money. And this way, my investment is going to help pay for his salary. That's a no-no, right? Because in that case, you're not making the investment to 
benefit your IRA, you are doing it to benefit a disqualified person, your child. Okay, so when you are investing in a real estate fund, the prohibited transactions are really not a big deal for most investors because generally these are larger funds. Even if your child or spouse or someone's involved, they're probably going to own a very, very small percentage. Generally, these funds are raising millions, tens of millions of dollars. So your $50,000 or $200,000 IRA investment generally uh, won't move the needle. And in most cases, since you're going to own less than 50%, you're more likely than not not going to have to deal with the prohibited transaction rules. Now, it could happen, right? It could be a small investment fund with your, your son or your spouse. And in that case, if you're earning salary or you're going to own more than 50% in your IRA and receive some type of indirect benefit, the prohibited transaction rules could be a problem. So this is what I always say. They're facts and circumstance. That's why you want to work with a company like IRA Financial, where we have a slew of compliance officers, group of tax professionals that can help you navigate these rules and help you better understand you know, how risky or how gray this specific transaction is, and then talk to you about understanding and navigating the prohibited transaction rules. But in larger funds, prohibited transactions are generally not an issue. Smaller types of family deals, you have to be careful about the 50% threshold. And again, make sure that you're 100% exclusively investing in this deal to benefit your IRA. And there is no direct or indirect personally, personal benefit to the IRA owner, lineal descendants, or any entities controlled by such persons. So number two, now we have to talk about unrelated business taxable income or UBIT. UBIT is, I've mentioned, coined this, it's a four-letter word. It's an ugly word because it takes a very tax-efficient investment and imposes a tax that can go as high as 37%, which is the trust tax rates um, on a very, very low threshold of income, approximately you know, 18, 20,000 bucks. How is UBIT triggered? Basically three ways. Number one, use a non-recourse loan by stock. Number two, use a non-recourse loan by real estate. There is exceptions for a solo 401k or a 401k that uses a non-recourse loan by real estate, but that exception does not apply to IRAs. And then thirdly, if you invest in an active trader business, that's operated through an LLC or pass-through entity. So if you're investing in a publicly traded company like Apple, you're not gonna have to worry about the UBIT rules because publicly traded companies are corps. Think of a corp as a big box. It boxes in the UBIT tax, so it doesn't pass through to the shareholders, i.e. the IRA. Whereas if a business is operated through a pass-through entity like an LLC, think of it as a funnel. And since there's no box, the income funnels up to the members, and that's where the UBTI tax comes and triggers that tax. It really shouldn't apply to retirement accounts. The tax was put in place to basically prevent businesses like McDonald's from setting up charities and running their entire operation through a charity never paying tax. But unfortunately, IRAs are treated as trusts, just like charities are under 501, and we're stuck with these rules. So for real estate investors, in a lot of cases, these real estate investment funds are passed through, right? They're an LLC or a partnership, and there's generally leverage, right? Almost every real estate fund out there uses leverage. So again, you're not going to be personally guaranteed a loan if you're an investor, so it'll be a non-recourse loan. But by using that an IRA to invest in the real estate, 
you're going to trigger more likely than not UBIT, assuming there's more than $1,000 in that income. And that's something you need to be aware of. Why? Because it could turn a very, very, very tax efficient investment into a very, very untax friendly investment because of the application of the UBTI tax, which can go as high as 37%. Whereas if you just bought you know, Tesla stock or invested in um, mutual funds, ETFs, or fixed income, you probably wouldn't have that 37% tax. So it's really something you need to digest. Now, how do you get around it? Well, you can use a blocker corp. Remember I said that C-Corp blocks UBIT, but corporations have a 21% federal tax. Some of the larger funds have a foreign uh, blocker where you can go in through uh, BVI, the British Virgin Islands, which is, has a very um, attractive um, strategy for real estate investors. Um, investing through a BVI into a U.S. entity for circumventing UBIT. Um, some do Caymans, depending on the type of fund. So there are options, but again, mostly large, large real estate funds will offer a foreign blocker option. The smaller funds generally do not. Um, why? It's just costly um, to run a foreign blocker. And a lot of smaller funds just aren't um, you know, dealing with big enough numbers to make it worthwhile. Third thing I want to mention is tip is uh, plan asset rules, which the plan asset rules, not really an IRA issue. Why? Because IRA investors are, are focused on privileged transactions on the outset. They're not really dealing with fiduciary issues, although a real estate investment manager. So if you're a manager of a real estate investment fund and more than 25% of your fund is pension plans or IRAs and you don't satisfy what's called a real estate operating uh, company exception, meaning your um, real estate company doesn't have 50% or more of its assets uh, are invested in real estate that is managed or developed with respect to which the entity has substantial participation in. And during the 12 month period, you uh, the entity in the ordinary course of its business is engaged directly in real estate management and development activities. So if you're not doing management and development, 50% of the, more of the assets in that space, you're not going to satisfy the REOC exception to the plan asset rules. And if you have a fund that has 25% or more of pension plans or IRAs in that fund, what happens is the plan asset rules get triggered, the look-through rules get triggered, and the real estate investment manager is now deemed to directly connect with the IRA assets, even though it's under 50%, right, for the primitive transaction rules. It triggers the primitive transaction rules. More importantly, for the real estate investment manager, triggers a risk of fiduciary rules, which adds all kinds of risks and complexities to the real estate manager. There's a prudent standard. If they're taking fees, they could trigger prohibited transaction rules since they'll be deemed a fiduciary. It's a big headache. Okay, that's why a lot of real estate funds will either make sure they satisfy the REOC exception or they're going to make sure that they take less than 25% of the fund's investors as pension plan or IRA investors because they do not want to trigger the plan asset rules. That's more of an issue for the real estate um, manager, not so. Um, for the individual, although it could happen where the individual is an investor and then the prohibitive transaction rules. And if they're involved in generating fees, i.e. they're the manager and they're using their own IRA, it could trigger prohibitive transactions for them as well as fiduciary issues. So that's why there's that 25% threshold for the plan asset rules. But all in all, 
for the average basic IRA, self-directed IRA, real estate investor, three most important tax tips. Number one, beware of the primitive transaction rules. Make sure 100% of the benefits going to the IRA. You're not doing this in any way to directly or indirectly personally benefit yourself or a disqualified person. Two, you gotta be, gotta be focused on UBTI, that four-letter word that can take a very tax-friendly investment and make it into a very tax-unfriendly investment. Every real estate fund uses leverage. Uh, the leverage will be non-recourse, but it's still leverage. And if it's going to generate more than $1,000 in net income, which the fund may not do in the first couple of years, but ultimately it probably will, you could have a 37% tax. Now, you could try to set up a C-Corp locker, but the 37% tax will be reduced to 21% because that's the C-Corp federal tax rate. Or you can try to do a foreign blocker like through a BVI Corp or Cayman, but that has costs and complexities as well. Um, so sometimes it's just not feasible to use a retirement account and it actually makes more sense to use personal funds. And I'll be the first to tell someone that, say, hey, you know what? If you had the choice and you have the money available personally, not in an IRA, like you probably shouldn't do a um, self-direct IRA because the UBIT tax is a killer. Um, and then third, again, more if you're involved in the real estate fund as a real estate manager or you're investing, but you have, you're potentially taking fees in any of the underlying assets the fund will own. You got to be concerned about the plan asset rules, either satisfy the definition of an REOC, be an operating real estate company, or stay under 25% of the fund's asset ownership being pension plans or IRAs in the aggregate. And then you don't have to worry about look-through rules, fiduciary rule uh, problems, and obviously primitive transaction rules um, as well. So that is a wrap. I uh, hope now if you are looking to invest in a real estate fund, you kind of understand things. Obviously, if you're a client of IRA Financial, then reach out to us. We have an amazing team, as I mentioned, of compliance and tax professionals. And have many, many years of experience on these subjects and could can help you navigate these rules, talk to you in more detail um, and explain them to you. Um, so just again, prohibitive transactions, UBIT, plan asset rules. Those are the three tax um, category um, categories you need to be aware of. And the tips are how to navigate them, which um, hopefully this, this podcast kind of explain them to you in general terms, but if you want more detailed uh, answers, obviously reach out to us if you are a client. If you're not a client, then what are you waiting for? Should be a client. But uh, we literally wrote the book on the self-directed IRA. You know, you can ask my wife. I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but uh, we know a lot about self-directed IRA. So uh, if you're thinking about setting up self-directed IRA or a solo K, or just you know, want to pick our brain, challenge us, call us, chat us, email us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, you know, we look forward to hopefully getting to work with all of you at some point. So thanks again for um, spending some time with me today. This is a weekly podcast that drops every Tuesday. So definitely check it out next week. Um, you can always go back and check out older episodes. And if you like to watch this, that's cool too. You can do it on YouTube. Um, it's free. What are you waiting for? Subscribe. Um, otherwise, having a great, great, great day. And uh, I'll see everyone again next week. Take care.